Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. So we're going to take a look at Acts 16 today. Uh, we're continue studying in Acts chapter 16, and we're taking a look at um, Paul's second missionary journey. Um, And so we've gone through um, where Paul has been. He was just on this first missionary journey with Paul. Uh, Paul was with Barnabas. And so then there was this disagreement at the end of Acts chapter 15. And then we see Paul begin his second missionary journey uh, going a different direction than than Barnabas was actually going. Here today we're going to see that Barnabas takes off with John Mark and then Paul grabs uh, Timothy. And we'll see the the significance of Timothy over the next several weeks. Uh, But before we begin, I want to ask a question. Have you ever wondered in your life if God is at work? Have you ever been in a situation in your life and you're just like, man, this is hard, or this is difficult, um, or I'm going through some stuff, and I just wonder where God is at work in this situation. I I have been that way um, at times, and there are times, uh, I believe for all of us, that are those harder moments of life where we're wondering, is God going to show up in this situation? Is God here at work in this situation? Where is God in this? And and what is God actually doing? And so we all, if we would be honest with ourselves, have those moments in our lives of wondering where is God or what is God doing because we can't necessarily see him at work in situations and we can't um, actually sense him with us all of the time. And so we all have those questions. And you may be going through something right now in your life that you're just wondering, where is God? Or maybe you've been praying, God, I just need you to show up in this situation because I'm dealing with this, that, or the other and you have to be here and I need your strength and I need your wisdom in this moment. So um, I want to share a couple of different things, and then we're going to dive into Acts chapter 16, and we're going to see how God was at work in this situation. Uh, But what I want to present to you this morning is what I believe is a deep truth of the Scripture that we all need to remind ourselves. I have to remind myself uh, all the time, despite the circumstances in our life, God is always at work. Amen? Yeah, despite what circumstances there may be in our life, God is always at work. And so uh, a couple of things, and and these might seem like really light things, uh, but a couple of things that happened to me this week, that as I was finishing uh, for this morning uh, and and wrestling with this passage of Scripture, a couple of things that happened to me this this week uh, and over this last week Uh, that it was just like, oh yeah, God is at work in that situation. This past Wednesday, um, I was supposed to uh, fly up to Pennsylvania. And I was supposed to be in Pennsylvania uh, with another group of pastors. And so uh, we had our revelation study on Wednesday night. And so I was here. I was at the start of that study. I was here for just a few minutes. And I handed off to Pastor Ashley. And she finished the end of that study. And then I left and I was going to the airport. 
I love the Daytona airport because you can leave here, you can be through security, and really be done with all of that in about 30 minutes. And so that's what I did. I got to the airport and my plane was delayed. No big issue. The plane's going to be delayed, but it got later and it got later and it got later. And what I didn't know is that there was a huge band of storms and tornadoes that was coming across those Gulf states of Alabama, uh, Mississippi, and into the Panhandle and into Georgia. And the plane that I was getting on was actually coming from Atlanta. And so it was late coming from uh, Atlanta to Daytona because it actually flew out over the ocean and it flew back into um, it flew back into Daytona. And then we were going to go out, and they were going to do the exact, exact same thing. They were going to fly the same route from Daytona, fly way out over the ocean, and curve around and come right back to Atlanta so that they could miss those storms. So as this kept getting later and later and later, I realized that the connecting flight that I had in Atlanta, there was no way that I was going to make that flight. And so I was a little bit aggravated because I thought, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get to Atlanta. I'm not going to have a flight, and then I'm going to be stuck in Atlanta. And there's nothing in Atlanta I want. I I don't want to spend the night in Atlanta. I have got to that age in my life where I like to sleep in my own bed. And so I was going to sleep in Pittsburgh that night. I I can do that one night. I did not want to sleep in Atlanta on Wednesday night. And so I asked the, the, um, the gate agent. Uh, I'd been to the airport, checked in, sitting there waiting, doing some work. I asked the gate agent, am I going to be able to make my connection? Because it kept getting pushed back. And then I only had about 15 minutes to make my connection at the airport in Atlanta. Long story short, I knew I wasn't going to make it. And so um, she said, well, we'll put you on the first flight on Thursday morning so that you can make it to your meeting. And that flight was full. She said, you can fly standby. I'm like, I know how that goes. You just get there and you wait and you never actually get onto the flight Uh, because there were other people that were on standby because of all of these storms. So I finally said, just give me um, just give me a credit and I'll take that for a future flight. Uh, And then the frustration of I'm not actually making it to my meeting. So I was aggravated, but yet I was excited because I was going home to actually sleep in my own bed. The next day on Thursday, as I get up and I'm reading through this passage of Scripture, I see that this almost exact situation, now I'd been preparing for this message. I'd been thinking about this passage of Scripture. I'd read through the beginning of Acts chapter 16 several times. But as I get into this passage of Scripture on Thursday morning, I realized that I just experienced almost the same type of situation that Paul was experiencing in Acts chapter 16. Where God was at work, And for whatever reason, in his infinite wisdom, he was blocking me from actually making that trip. I don't know why. I probably, on this side of heaven, on this side of eternity, I'll never know why. But I had such peace as I was reading through this passage of Scripture because God was saying to me, you don't always have to know the why, you just have to trust And I think that in the moments of our life, absolutely missing a flight and missing a meeting is just a small, small thing, right? However, if we would begin to look at every situation like that, we would begin to see the faithfulness of our good, good father that we actually sing about. And we, in these moments, 
would actually begin to trust the Father who is always at work in our life. And so if you'll turn with me over to to Acts chapter 16, I want to read through this passage of Scripture. And I want to slow down in a couple of spots because I want you to get what God is doing in Paul's life. Now remember, Paul was leaving from Antioch. They're a central hub of Gentile believers where the scriptures remind us they were first called Christians. That first group of people being called Christians was actually a term of shame upon them. And it was kind of like they were saying, oh, those are those crazy Jesus followers. Those are the Christians, you know, those people over there. But yet these people had such passion in their hearts for the thing of God. And they were living their life with total trust in Jesus Christ, despite the shame that was spoken upon them from the culture. And so let's read through Acts chapter 16 and let's see and hear this morning of how God was at work in the circumstances as Paul begins his second missionary journey. So this is Paul that uh, Luke is writing this, that Luke writes about. He came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. Now, if we'll stop there for just a second, what we are going to actually see is this uh, direction that Paul went would not have been a direction that Paul would have gone had Barnabas actually visited, or had Barnabas actually gone. But because of the disagreement at the end of Acts chapter 15, and they go their separate ways, God is guiding Paul, and because Luke is writing to us uh, of, uh, of being with Paul, we don't know all that happened in Bar- with Barnabas and, and John Mark and their missionary journey. We have some clues later in Scripture, uh, but we don't have the fullness of it like we actually have here in Acts chapter 16. And so God is guiding Paul to these two cities. And we would think, oh, he just happened to run into, he just happened to run into Timothy. If I were taking notes, I would write this down this morning. There are no happen chances in our life. There are no happen chances in your life. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is always at work and he is always leading and directing us even when the path seems hidden in our life. God is always guiding. He's always leading. He's always directing us even when the path seems hidden. And here God is guiding Paul that he comes to two towns and he eventually, eventually meets a guy named Timothy that will be significant in pastoring and shepherding God's flock in the future. You see, God was guiding Paul. He was leading Paul. And sure, there was hurt from the breakup that he had with Barnabas in the past, but, in the past, but God was at greatly at work. So let's look at verse 2. We're going to keep seeing here how God is at work and God is guiding here. In verse 2, the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. This is Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. 
As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they grew daily in numbers. And so here, because of the division, because of the disagreement between Paul and Barnabas, God is using Paul. He's leading him to towns. He meets Timothy. He takes them. They start sharing what God is doing and how God is leading all of the believers in the church. And in verse 5, we actually see how the believers are multiplying again. God is at work. God is leading. Paul on this second missionary journey is just following along. And we would think if God is at work, then it always has to be just a road made of pavement that's smooth sailing ahead, right? Uh Uh-uh. It doesn't always happen that way. God is always at work. And if that is true in Scripture, and we find that it is a truth of Scripture... God is always at work. He's always leading. He's always directing. That is true. Then what that means is if the road is smooth sailing or if the road is full of potholes and it's bumpy and there's lots of ups and there's lots of downs and it seems like there's more storms than there are shiny days on the path, then still God is always leading. God is always directing and he's always at work. But it's easy for us To want to have this Eeyore mentality of doom and gloom all of the time. That whenever things aren't exciting for us. Or whenever the road is full of potholes and it's not smooth sailing. And there are storms and there are gloomy days on our path. Then it's when we step back and we say, God, where are you at work? Because I don't see you at work. Listen, just because you don't see him or just because you don't sense him, it doesn't mean that he's not at work. Here's what I love about God. He has always gone before us to prepare the way. And so if we think about how Paul is meeting Timothy here at the beginning of Acts chapter 16... And God's plan was for Paul to make a connection with Timothy so that Timothy would eventually become a great pastor or shepherd in strengthening the church. Then you have to realize that God was at work in the disagreement between Paul and Barnabas at the end of Acts chapter 16 or 15 to cause them to go different ways. And so God was leading in Paul's life, but God had gone before Paul to Lystra and Iconium to prepare Timothy and put him in the place so that as the two come together, it would be a divine appointment that God would use for his glory and his honor. And this is the thing that we have to realize of how God is always at work in our life. He's always directing. He's always leading. What we have to do is step back from the intensity of the moment, and we have to find where he's actually at work. So look at verse 6. Let's keep reading in this this passage here. In verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the providence of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. 
After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So do you see what's happened here in in where we read through this passage of Scripture of what's happened in Paul's journey? Verse 6. Look at verse 6 again with me. They traveled throughout this region. But then look at the last part of verse 6. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the providence of Asia. The Holy Spirit blocked them from preaching the word. Now why did they start out on this missionary journey? It was to preach the word of God. But yet in this region, God blocked them. The Holy Spirit blocked them from preaching the word of God. So on Thursday morning as I wake up, my plane did not get me to where I was going to go. And I was planning to be with another group of pastors in Pittsburgh on Thursday. But yet I was blocked from that. Now, I had a choice to make on Thursday morning. Am I going to get mad at Delta Airlines because they were running late? Am I going to get mad because this storm actually came through and I wasn't able to make it? Had my bags packed. I checked in. I was sitting there. I did everything that I was supposed to do, and I did it right, but yet I was blocked. Verse 6 says, Paul was blocked from preaching the gospel. You know, one of the things that God uses in our lives are blocks when he's leading us and he's guiding us, just like he did with Paul here, just like for whatever reason he did with me leaving on Wednesday night. He blocked me for some reason, but I didn't get mad over that. I just thought, well, this is obviously God's plan. One of the other pastors I was going with, I texted him, this is frustrating, but God's plans are perfect. And so it's in these moments of where we're blocked from doing what we think we're supposed to do that we have to be just like Paul was actually here in this passage of Scripture. And we have to say, I don't know why I'm blocked. Was it frustrating? Yep. Did I have to pay for parking that I didn't use? Yep, I did. But yet God's plan was perfect. Verse 6, Paul was blocked from preaching the gospel. Was it frustrating for him? I'm sure it was. Because when Paul preached, a multitude of people gave their life to Jesus Christ. And so we think, okay, Paul got blocked on his missionary journey. He got to go to two towns, and then they started visiting others, and they were blocked from preaching. But then look at verse 7 as well. Same thing happens in verse 7. In verse 7, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. What in the world is going on on this missionary journey? Have things fallen off the tracks? Has Paul messed up in the disagreement between him and Barnabas? And Paul ruined the will of God on this missionary journey? That then he goes to two towns, he meets a guy named Timothy. He's like, yep, this is right, Timothy, you need to come with me. He then begins on uh, the rest of the missionary journey. The Holy Spirit blocks him from preaching the gospel. And then Paul can't even enter a region that he believes he needs to go to. What in the world is going on in Paul's life? Did Paul give up? No. Paul kept being obedient to the Holy Spirit and just living his life day by day. 
Now, Paul, going on this missionary journey, had to have made some plans. He had to put some, um, um, uh, put some resources together so that they were then able to be able to, they were able to sustain themselves so that they could make some connections with the brothers and the sisters in the churches in these regions that he's already visited. They had to have some funds together and certainly some things to maybe raise some additional funds so that they were able to provide for themselves on this missionary journey. But then they get into the missionary journey, they get blocked from preaching, they get blocked from entering a region, and it seems like the wheels are falling off and now there's nothing but doom and gloom ahead. But you know what? God God is still at work if we will experience and believe in his faithfulness. And then we get to verse 10. In verse 10, it says, After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Here's what I want you to know this morning. Every second of your life, Holy Spirit is always at work. Even when you don't see it, He's always at work. Why? It's these last three words that we have to have in our life. He is faithful. When your plane gets blocked, when your plane is blocked and you're not able to go where you've made plans to actually go, He is faithful. Whenever you start out on a missionary journey and Holy Spirit blocks you from preaching the gospel, He is faithful. Whenever you're ready to go into another region because you can't preach over there and Holy Spirit blocks you from going into that region, He is faithful. Whenever you get a call from a doctor and the answer on the other end of the line isn't what you want to hear, He is faithful. Whenever you get an unexpected bill in the mail and you have no means to pay the bill, he is faithful. Whenever somebody stabs you in the back or someone so close to you, a family member or a close friend, turns on you, he is faithful. Listen, there is no faithfulness like the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And in every moment of your work, of your life, he is always at work, even if you don't see it, because he loves you that much. And there are no surprises to God. There are no surprises to God. Do you think that at the end of Acts chapter 15, when Paul and Barnabas are having a disagreement, that that was a surprise to God? Absolutely not. Do you think that whenever Paul starts out on this missionary journey, that it was a surprise to God that Timothy's going to happen to be wherever uh, Paul actually shows up? No, that was not a surprise to God. I believe that all of the moments of our life are divine appointments, and they're not surprises to God. And you know, we actually experienced this here last September and last October when we had two huge storms actually move through this region. I know that so many people, so many of you, were affected by these huge storms and the flooding and the rainwaters in a big way. There's still some of you that have not been able to get back into your homes. And some of our staff at Warner Christian Academy still are out of their homes because they've not been able to get back into their homes because of the storm. But you know what? Those storms were not surprises to God. 
And even though we suffered through those things, and some of us suffered in great, great ways, there were, there were no surprises to God in that. Our preschool, just this last week, on Monday, they opened back in the preschool building after nine months of not being able to be in their building because of all the damages to that building. And it took tons and tons and tons of man hours of laborers working on that building and our preschool staff and other staff across this ministry working on that building to actually get them back into that building to be able to open up. And I have to tell you, there were so many moments in that that I was frustrated and I was aggravated. Our insurance wasn't going to pay anything out on the claim where they, they, it was a million, $1.3 million uh, in damages is what we experienced. And our insurance company initially wrote us a check for $56,000. And I was frustrated and I was aggravated and I was wrestling with God and I was mad at God for a certain, for a certain period of time because I'm like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get the money to be able to repair that building? But God kept reminding me there was no surprises. He was not surprised by the storm. He was not surprised by the damage. He was not surprised that we weren't able to be into that building. He wasn't surprised that we had switched insurance companies. He wasn't surprised by any of those things. If you'll join us on the third week of July, after our morning service, we'll have our annual business meeting. I'm going to tell the fullness of that story. But it is a story of God being faithful in every single step of the way. This morning, I got a text from a pastor in Oklahoma that's one of, in one of the Ignite groups that I actually lead. He sent me a photo of the side of his building at their church that has vinyl siding on it. And last night, because of the storms that moved through Cushing, Oklahoma is where he's at, all of the siding of their one building actually was torn off the storm. And I said, Kevin, do you think it's a coincidence that this is what I'm going to share with our congregation today? There are no surprises to God. And you know the master of the wind. And wind is what he created. And so what we have to ask is, God, where are you at work in this situation? The truth of the scripture is God is always at work. We've settled that. God is always at work. There's never a second that he's not at work. What we have to do is discover how God is working so that we can celebrate his faithfulness. God is always at work. Let's make an agreement together that we are going to find where it is that he's actually working. But I know that it is not easy, and I've experienced those hard moments. You've experienced those hard moments. You've experienced the being blocked from certain areas of your life. You've experienced being prevented from actually doing something in your life that you may have been convinced was God's will, that you were actually being obedient in that moment. We've all wrestled with these hard things in our life, but what we have to do is step back and say, God, I know that you're at work. I don't know where you're at work. I don't know how you're at work, but I know that you are at work, and I know that you are faithful. So in this moment, in this hard thing that I have in my life, I'm just going to trust you because I have no other option because I know that you are at work. And what we see here in Acts chapter 16 is Paul's path is guided through divine direction. Divine direction. 
And I believe when you are seeking the heart of God and you are seeking to be who he desires for you to be, your path too is guided by divine direction. Here on this side of the cross, there are no different categories of Christians. There are not Billy Graham level Christians. Right? We would say that Billy Graham walked with God, right? He did some amazing things for God. He led countless thousands of people to the Lord. So there are those Billy Graham level Christians, we could say. And then maybe right there with Billy Graham are those Mother Teresa caliber followers of Jesus Christ, right? That man, they've sacrificed, they've done some amazing things, they've lived their entire life for God, and we would probably say they probably never messed up. Now the two of them, if they were able to be here with us, they would tell us the opposite of that. But that's how we would view those types of people. And then we could come down and we could rank all of these Christians and we could say, maybe I'm down here or maybe I'm down here, but I'm certainly not up there. Or, you know, I'm somewhere on this sliding scale of how great a Christian or how horrible a Christian I actually am. Listen, that's just a lie from the enemy. God does not grade us on some great Billy Graham level Christian. And then there's the, I'm not doing too well level Christian way down here. That's not how God grades us. God grades us on sin. And sin separates us from him. And he then accepts us with his grace. And that's a part of the beauty of being in this refuge of grace. We constantly remind each other, none of us are perfect None of us would ever be able to obtain what we want to obtain, even the Apostle Paul. Because in Romans, he actually tells us the things that I want to do are not the things that I actually do. And the things that I should be doing are not the things that I'm actually doing. The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do are the things that I actually do. And so what Paul is saying, listen, I'm really kind of failing at this following Jesus Christ thing. But yet, despite our failures, when we turn back to God, we live in relationship with him. He he doesn't grade us. He just takes us as his son or his daughter. And then we are able to see every moment that God is faithful. God is a faithful God. He's gone before you. He's prepared the way. He has orchestrated things in your life so that you will experience his faithfulness. What we have to do is simply trust him. And that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Do you know what it could look like for us? I'll go back to my plane story and getting blocked. There were people who were actually at the Delta counter on Wednesday night, and they were letting that poor gate agent have it. I felt horrible for her. It was as if she made this horrible thunderstorm move across those Gulf states and block our plane from actually making it, Atlanta, making it to Atlanta. They were pouring it onto her like it was her fault, and she needed to get the plane there, and she was going to step on the plane, and she was going to pilot that storm right, or pilot that plane right through the storm to get us there and get us there on time. I felt horrible for that gate agent. All she had to do is get us in the seats and get us on the plane. That was her responsibility. Every one of us in those moments have choices to make. Are we going to get mad 
Are we going to let those gate agents have it? Are we going to say, you're such a horrible person? I can't believe that you would do this. I'm going to be late. I'm going to lose all of it. Are we going to react that way? Or are we going to step back and we're going to say, I don't understand it. It's frustrating. I hate it. However, I know that God is faithful. And for whatever reason, with his infinite wisdom, this is what I have been dealt. And it's no surprise to him. The choice is ours. Are we going to trust him in those moments? Or are we going to get so aggravated, we're just going to spew hatefulness all over those people that are around us? The choice is up to us. Paul could have certainly done it here. We see in verse 6 and 7, he was blocked from going into certain areas. I don't know what that block was. Was it soldiers? Was it other people who arose against him? The scripture doesn't tell us that part. Or could it just been a sense in his spirit that God was blocking them from going? The Holy Spirit blocked them from actually preaching. What was that? We don't know. But there was a block that was actually there. Paul didn't get frustrated. He didn't yell. He didn't scream and jump up and down and say, I'm on a missionary journey and I've got to preach the word of God. And so that's what I'm going to do. He just trusted in the faithfulness of God. And so for every one of us, we have to know that God is always at work. He's always directing. He's always leading. Our role is simply to trust him in those moments. And that's what we actually see Paul doing here in this moment. But you know what my tendency is? I like to make plans. I like to plan things. We like, to plan out our, we like to plan out our lives. I like certainty. I like knowing that I'm going to have this trip planned this way. I've got these resources. I've got these funds. This is how it's all going to work out. And this is my plan. That is the natural for, I think, every single one of us. We like to plan out our lives because we prefer certainty. But God does not invite us to making plans, he invites us to a journey of faith. And if everything is planned out, and if every I is dotted, and every T is crossed in every direction that he is leading us, then there's no faith in those moments. If God were to lay everything out before us, it would be easy to take off and run with that plan. But that has no, uh, that has no measure of faith to it. God wants us to trust him and to do it with our faith. And that's what Paul's doing here in Acts chapter 16. He's out on a journey of faith. And on this journey, Paul knew that God was with him. And God had gone before him and actually prepared the way. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6, we're reminded of how God is at work in the Hebrew children's life. God says, be strong and courageous. I love those four words right there. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. That was those that were getting ready to go into battle. Don't be afraid or don't be terrified. And I think for us in this moment, we have to say, I'm not afraid or I'm not terrified at the mountain that is in front of me. 
I'm not afraid and I'm not terrified with that valley that is in front of me or those potholes on the road road in front of me. I'm strong and I'm courageous because I know that God is at work in my life. And then God says, don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. In the moments that you're blocked from something you think you're supposed to do, He is with you. In the moments where your mouth is shut and you can't preach or you can't talk, He is with you. He has gone before you. He has prepared the way in front of you. We have to trust and we have to know that He is always at work. What I think God was doing here at the beginning of Acts chapter 16 is he was in front of Paul the way that we would see a lineman in football. The lineman's job, one of the roles of the lineman, is to stop the attack that's actually coming. And so the lineman is going to stand there. And what happens sometimes, and I love to watch these plays, whenever a running back will be handed the ball and the running back will step back for just a, just a few split hairs of a second. And then he will line up behind one of those linemen on the line, hold the ball, and then he will run right behind the lineman, oftentimes with his hand on the back of that lineman, so that as the lineman goes to the left, then that running back knows that he's got to go this way. Or as the one who's blocking that lineman in front of him is going to the right, then he's actually going to go that direction because he knows that the lineman is preparing the pathway forward. And then what you see oftentimes, well, maybe not oftentimes because I'm a Jaguar fan, but sometimes when the lineman does an amazing job, then the running back breaks through and actually gets a touchdown. And then they celebrate the victory. But do you know who they always celebrate? It's the one who actually made the touchdown. Do you know what God was doing here in Acts chapter 16? He was the lineman for Paul. He was blocking for Paul. And he was blocking the way, for whatever reason in God's wisdom, from Paul to preach in a certain region or from entering into a different region. God was blocking for me on Wednesday night for whatever reason that I wasn't supposed to go to Pennsylvania. I don't know about your life, but I think if you would stop and think for a few moments, you would feel and you would sense God actually blocking in certain areas of your life. You're running with the ball. You're ready. You're in the game. You're running, and the enemy is coming. The attack is on, and God is out front, and he's blocking, and he's preparing the way. What you have to do as the one with the ball is you have to sense where is God at? Where is God actually preparing and trust him and go that direction? Every single one of us know that God goes with us. And we know that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. But it doesn't make it any easier in the hard moments of life. It's hard. It's hard. But it is our our job to walk with him. So the question for us is how do we know God's will? It's a big question. How do we know God's will? And I just want to give you a simple answer. You just walk in his presence. That's it. Just walk in his presence. Find God. Where is God? Join him there. Find God and join him there. But do you know what most of us do? 
we run around, run around like chickens with our heads cut off sometimes, trying to find God. Is God over here? Is God over here? Is God over here? Instead of stepping back and saying, where is God at work? And then joining him, lining up like the running back behind the blocker, and then just simply following him. Walk in his presence. You know what Paul was doing in Acts chapter 16? He was simply walking in the presence of God. Hard things coming at him, absolutely. Hard things. They took his life in one city on his first, or they attempted to take his life. They beat him and then drug him outside of the city and left him for dead. They thought he was dead, but God had other plans. You know why? Because Paul was walking in the presence of God. In the hard moments of our life, in the great moments of our life, our job is to trust him and simply walk in his presence. Walk in his presence. How do you do that? You have to spend time with God. It doesn't happen by accident. So today I want you to ask yourself this question. How often do I spend time with God? How often do I spend time with God? How often do I step back from the attack of the enemy that's coming at me? Or how often do I step back from life itself that is out in front of me? How often do I step back and spend time with God and say, God, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to overcome whatever this is. I can't do it on my own. I'm not capable of understanding. I don't know the path forward. And so I, in your presence right now, I just have to ask that you would guide me and you would direct me. How often do you spend time in the presence of God? You see, if you want to know God's will, you have to walk in his presence. Paul was walking in his presence here in Acts chapter 16. And so we're going to close our service this morning singing the song, reminding ourselves that he's been faithful. He's been faithful. And as we close our service with this song this morning, then what I want you to do is to step back from the game of life, if you will, that's in front of you and say, God, I don't know what to do. There's times I've been blocked. There's times I've been silenced. There's times my plans have changed. There's times I've walked through hurricanes. There's times that it's been sunshine. There's times that it's been storms. But I know that you've been faithful. And so I'm going to declare my trust and I'm just going to walk in your presence. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week.